NFTs, the future, it's here. But what if we told you that you haven't been told the whole truth? The game is about to change. The voice of the people and the voice of the NFT community collide, bringing you a fresh perspective on NFTs unlike anything you've ever heard before. Hop on this rocket ship with Sean and Vaughn to the moon and hold on tight. Yo, triple, double, banger, guys, what's up? It's Vaughn Schiller here. Technically, my name's Steve, but you can call me whatever you want. The Schiller, Vaughn Schiller, doesn't really matter. I'm coming from the Twitch-verse, or the NFT-verse, and I'm teaming up here with Mr. Sean Pfeiffer, coming from the sports world, and actually, someone who's a little bit newer for NFTs, but he's been covering it for a while. So, Sean, let's throw it over to you. Can you give us a little bit of an intro about who you are, if people don't know? Yeah, so... First of all, welcome. We are live. And and I guess live is not the operative word. We're here with you guys every single Wednesday. And we're going to bring you something. We teased it. We talked about it. And I'll talk a little bit more about my backstory and what we're going to bring to the table together as a team. But what excites me the most about what we're going to be doing here, Steve, is my outlook on NFTs is so different than yours. I'm looking at a lot of these things for the first time. I'm going to be talking about a lot of these things for the first time. And yes, I have invested, I wouldn't say heavily, but but relatively heavily in the NBA Top Shot space. Got introduced back in early January. Was super grateful that I got in when I did. Obviously, like everybody, I wish that I got in a little bit earlier. But it introduced me to this world. It was kind of the gateway drug for NFTs. You are a wizard. You're the best person, I think, in the entire space, and I've listened to probably hundreds of podcasts out there, and I think you do the best job of breaking down NFTs and making them relatable to the average Joe, to the people that are like me that are coming into this maybe a little bit more blindfolded than others in this space. We're going to be giving you guys a perspective from a wizard, from a pro, from an expert in the field in Vaughn, and from me, somebody that's looking at things a little bit more from the general public's vantage point and viewpoint. My world, Vaughn, it's in sports. Uh, it's what I've done. It's it's what I've done now for six years. We launched Roto Radar a long time ago uh, and, and been essentially paying the bills by betting on sports for a living for the last six years. NFTs is, is like a foreign language but it's a foreign language that I'm going to be learning together with you here. And it, and it's kind of like a play in the same way, similar to sports betting on some of these projects. Some people look at it from like an investment standpoint. Some people look at it from a collectible standpoint. But ultimately, the idea that I think we can accomplish is bringing new people into the scene. Because when you say an NFT, most people are completely confused. Or when you say, well, an NFT is a non-fungible token, that's still kind of confusing for a fair few people. So while we're going to kind of go in here, again, this introductory episode is going to, you know, cover some basics and, you know, potentially a little bit more but an nft to me at least is something that's a digital asset so sean do you collect anything right now yeah so this is maybe the first bomb or first exciting piece of news that i'm going to break here on this live stream on wednesday we're going to be going on a journey together and that journey is going to be something that i am extremely passionate about I intentionally, we circled the calendar, we knew June 23rd we were going to be launching this show, and I've been eager. I have been so excited to do what I'm about to tell you, 
Every single week, we're going to be making at least a $250 purchase on the air. I wanted to do something that was relatively reasonable for all of the listeners that were listening to us on the journey. It'll wind up being $1,000 that I'm going to spend on NFTs every single month. So we're going to be building this together, and I've been I've been very excited to get immersed in this space. Right now, short answer, Vaughn. The only NFTs that I own to my name are on NBA Top Shot. And that's not even that's not a bad thing. There's certain people out there that seem to be kind of like down on Top Shot. And well, when you look at the past, I, I can totally get that. But there's a lot of things that Top Shot has changed. And I don't know if you're wanting to talk about Top Shot now or potentially a little bit later. But to an extent, it feels that Top Shot for the majority of people was kind of the gateway into this NFT scene. So I kind of want to ask you. What made you decide to kind of jump and start looking at the other side of NFTs from Top Shot? Like, was Top Shot your first NFT? Yeah, it was. My first ever and, and definitely was was something that I was skeptical about and, and naturally skeptical about. One of my good buddies called me up. He's very heavily invested in the crypto space. And he said, Sean, I know you're going to tell me that I'm crazy. I know that you think that I'm batshit crazy for even calling you to tell you to go buy all of these virtual cards on the internet, but I promise you will not regret it. I jumped on Top Shot. Again, it was early January. You could still buy packs on the site. You didn't have to wait in lines. You could just jump in and buy as many packs as you wanted to. I wish that I had bought the whole damn site, but back then I was like, let's buy 30 or 40 or whatever the case may be and, and get into this. Started getting into it. Was really passionate about it, getting really excited and like I think a lot of people in the NFT space, it was that gateway drug. It was that that opportunity for me to realize that NFTs are here to stay and there's more to NFTs than just NBA Top Shot. So obviously, tried to educate myself a little bit. I started listening to you and started talking to other people that I trusted in the space just to get a general understanding of what they are, what to invest in. But again, for the purpose of this show and for the purpose of this journey, I wanted to build this OpenSea account. I wanted to, to do everything that I'm going to do on MetaMask together with the family so that we can show we're putting our money where our mouth is. We are jumping into this head first. And we're going to get into Top Shot. We'll get into Zed Run. We'll get into all of the other NFTs, maybe some smaller ones, some bigger projects. We have content. We have project leads and heads that are going to be joining us on a lot of these shows. We have celebrities, athletes, NBA players. But like you said, Vaughn, this first show, I wanted to give an opportunity to explain a little bit more about NFTs to the community. So you asked me, now I got to ask you, what do NFTs mean to you? Well, it's kind of about the thing about a, a digital collectible in a way. So for me, I live in like a one bedroom apartment and, you know, having things, is, it's honestly like a chore. Like, I I mean, reading books is fun. Having, you know, sports collectibles and all that kind of stuff is really cool. But in all honesty, I keep half that stuff with my parents. And so when we're in this, you know, we'll use the term metaverse a lot. And I'll kind of jump into that in a little bit here. But being online, essentially, almost 24-7, you know, everybody's job, especially with COVID, I think NFTs and everything really kind of I uh, got a leg up because everything shut down due to COVID. 
And now with, you know, people not necessarily wanting as many physical things and seeing, hey, you know what, there's all these worlds created online. We can still have all those social interactions, but do stuff that you never, you know, thought was possible. You mentioned Zed Run. Hey, we can, you know, enter horses, compete against each other for like real life money. That's not easy to do. Otherwise, you know, you go to the bar, be like, hey, buddy, I'll bet you 10 bucks that, you know, I think that the Nets are going to win the NBA finals. I would have lost 10 bucks kind of deal. Um, But for some of these projects and everything, like he's going to appease to a lot of different people. And if you're listening to this for the first time, uh, hearing about kind of NFTs, know that they're going to change a lot from what we talk about on this first episode to what we're going to talk about months from now to years from now. Right now, it's the avatar hotbed. Sean, I, I don't know if you got any kind of particular avatars that you like. Like right now, we're in like a really hot period where there's certain people that are like having, you know, crypto punks, uh, which is just like a, a pixelized uh, art or they have board ape yacht clubs or board ape yacht club if you've seen them which are just kind of like apes with different styles and a lot of people are trying to find that kind of like identity and on the internet you can literally be whoever the hell you want and it doesn't matter and that and that's the coolest part is like all barriers are taken away you're able to connect with people that are celebrities that are big names that are working yeah. on like multi-million dollar projects and it's just with the click of a button and saying hey how are you doing yeah, and I think that that the interactive element to this, and, and not just that, we're going to talk about a couple of, of terms that you're going to have to get comfortable with. And frankly, there's going to be terms that I'm sure that Vaughn is going to be explaining to me and teaching me about that I don't know as well. But one of them is utility. And it's something that if you want to speak to that exact talking point, I want to do our best, Vaughn, on this show to not act like the entire audience knows what we're talking about. So not to dumb it down, we're not calling you guys dumb because frankly, if if we are calling people dumb, I'm dumb from the sense of NFTs as well and, and learning a lot of these things and getting immersed in the space with you for the first time, there's gonna be some NFTs that I think are dumb. There's gonna be some NFTs that I think make absolutely no damn sense whatsoever and we're gonna call this spade a spade and talk about it and give you guys a very raw, unfiltered version of uh, NFTs that you haven't ever heard before. Let's be honest, Vaughn. Basically, everything that exists out there regarding NFTs, any show, any stream, any website, it's all the glass half full. It's all the good things about them. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, like, speaking of good things and like utility here for a second, because there's definitely some bad ones out there, but you mentioned the term utility in there. And uh, right now we're at a phase where projects are saying, hey, we're going to have all these cool stuff, but it's so far away. Like these projects that are saying, hey, we're going to have games come out and all that kind of stuff. Have you watched E3 this year for any gamers? Did you watch E3? It wasn't a good experience. There was, you know, a handful of games that were really, really good. But I think the majority walked away saying, you know what? Video games are dying. Like I was seeing that all over Twitter. It's like, okay, video games are not dying, but it's just kind of like changing in a way. So when we have these NFT projects that are made by completely unknown developers that are selling something and granted, like they're completely selling out, which is awesome for them. But if you're expecting immediate utility for them or even the project being good beyond this art, you're not going to get it. So for these NFTs, they are first and foremost like a technology. It's tokenized. It's the digital collectible. You're going to have the opportunity to potentially get airdrop stuff. The term airdrop just means getting free things. Like if I'm like, hey, Sean, I'm feeling kind of good. I know that we're doing the show together. Let me airdrop you something that I bought a while ago and you benefit 
from being my friend. A lot of these things is if you buy something, you're buying into a, you know, the person, the project, the athlete. We'll talk about LaMelo Ball's uh, one in a second. Um, and for an example for this utility and one that's like absolutely stupid and crazy right now because of this craze of the Avatar projects. And don't get me wrong. I think it's really, really good. Uh, is the Board Ape Yacht Club. They just airdropped everyone that uh, was holding an ape or you were having a minted. So it wasn't technically an airdrop. But you got this uh, Board Ape Kennel Club, which is just like a dog for free. And the dogs are selling for over an ETH, which is like more than $2,000. And it's like, OK, so we did nothing. And if you minted it, and when I use the term mint in the uh, NFT terms, that just means you are creating something on the blockchain. And Sean, geez, you're right. There's so many terms that we're going to have to go over. During so this. many. So, <laughs> but you get so this many. dog and it's just you're able to sell it, right? So you're able to get money. So that's kind of like a way that's utility. They have a thing built in where like 2% of it goes back uh, to like no kill shelters. And it's really, really awesome. But that's just like the side of the art piece. The gaming's going to be coming. Like we're friggin' early. I don't know if you're a gamer, Sean, but some of the stuff coming out, I think it's going to completely revolutionize everything. Yeah. And I think that so just to there's so many layers to dissect. And there's going to be times where I say, hold on, Vaughn, let's reverse and let's talk about that thing that you just said. And I'm sure that that's going to happen a lot because there's some things that we use casually and specifically he uses casually in talking that I don't want to assume that you guys do as well. But I also want to be able to give the NFT enthusiast, the diehard. This is not just an entry level show. It's not just an entry level podcast. With his expertise, we're going to be able to turn even the sharks into bigger sharks. We're going to turn the whales into bigger whales and knowing where to put that sizable investment in and, and talk about and dissect all of those waters. We spoke about utility and we'll talk about it a little bit more. And again, utility is how you can use your NFT, what you can use it for. And again, Von, correct me if I'm wrong in anything that I'm saying, but that's essentially the the, the broken down, the raw version of it. And if you're talking about that, he spoke to a lot of these NFTs are art-based, meaning there is no utility. Do you see the ones that you can play in a game, like the NBA Top Shots, NFTs, you're going to be able to see these, these games on their new game that's coming out, you'd be able to use your, your NBA Top Shot moments in the game, whether you have a legendary or a rare or a base uh, whatever the case may be, you'll be able to play with it and use it in an interactive game. Zed Run, you can buy a horse, an NFT horse, and race it for Ethereum and win real money in races. That's utility. You can use your NFT for something. The question that I have for you is what is going to allow the projects that don't have utility, that are 100% predicated around artwork, to be able to keep up with those that do? I, I think it's just a matter of people connecting with something like I remember when we minted the board apes and the way they did it and it, it was clever like they had a, a handful of photos that they showed of what some of the apes, apes look like but it wasn't anything that would make you scream. You know what I mean? But then when you minted it, there was ones that were completely like gold sheen. There was ones with like really cool traits and the art kind of spoke out to it. But for Board Ape Yacht Club, there is some of the utility to it. And the, there's a lot of projects that are, you know, art based first and foremost that people don't care about the roadmap, but they're still selling out and everything. And uh, the utility that a lot of these projects are going with are saying, hey, we're going to create a merch store. So like, Sean, 
is merch something that you really, really care about? Because they are saying, hey, you know what? Like, if you buy this NFT, if an X amount percent of these sells, so let's just say 50%, if 50% of our, uh, you know, collection sells, we're going to open a merchandise store for people to buy. And I think on the wildly successful art projects, what I'm calling them, is it's going to play really good. Like the Board Ape Yacht Club merchandise, that stuff completely sold out. But there's things uh, like Mad Cat Militia. There, I think, is the Pirate uh, Club that's coming up, or like a Pirate Treasure Booty Club. I think they're supposed to have some kind of clothing or something with that. And th- a lot of them are promising games and stuff to come in the future. But it- it's kind of like you're almost buying into like an idea of what's going to happen and just hoping like the team comes through. So there is a term called uh, rug pulls, which is another thing you'll hear a lot. And basically a rug pull is when a project says, Hey, we're going to do a bunch of stuff. And then the uh, creators just don't anymore. So there hasn't been too, too many of them. You got to be careful. If you are following a lot of people on Twitter, they'll say, Oh, like this is a rug pull and like do your due diligence to see if it's like actually a rug pull or if there's something that's kind of, uh, fishy about the situation uh, or, you know, the the content that's happening. Yeah, do do more research other than taking people at face value for what they say on Twitter. I think that should be applicable to all walks of your, your Twitter. Sure. Uh, shut, the, the, stupid th- the stupid thing with this in my head, and I don't like, I want to say that it's stupid, but it's not. But we're seeing things like my and pickle, which is completely, you know, selling out, doing really well. We're seeing uh, the uh, craniums uh, that were coming out and or sorry, wicked craniums. And those ones sold out and like neither of those projects are bad. And I'm not I'm not ripping on anything that we're talking about right now. But all of these projects are literally just 10,000 generated art projects of something. And every single one of them right now is selling out. So it doesn't matter. Like I bought into this uh, billionaire doge club thing. I don't even remember the name of it. And I got this shark doge. Okay, so it was it was a shark doge that had like some kind of gun on the back of it. And I was like, I think this is rare. I listed it for one. I didn't even like the artwork, but I made two thousand dollars off of just selling this. So like you got to be like super, super careful with what you're doing. But the scene as a whole right now with these like avatar type projects is incredibly friggin hot. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about avatar projects, because, again, I want to make this as as simple and straightforward for everybody that's listening that might not understand what that actual term means. For sure. So basically right now is I, I, I really think that CryptoPunks kind of started this uh, back when they first came out. And if you've been scrolling Twitter, following anybody for NFTs, you'll notice and I uh, kind of think to yourself, at least I do, where you're like, wow, if that person has a CryptoPunk as their profile photo, that person has money. That person is invested in the NFT scene. That person is it's a, a veteran. Thing. It's, it's a, a status, status symbol. Yeah. Exactly. Perfectly put. And so now with all these other projects, like CryptoPunks are selling for like 30,000 plus, like we've seen some sales and the multiple millions, like it's out of a lot of people's price range. So what I think is kind of happening is people are seeing these other projects that are like, wow, these are really well done and I can end up making them my profile photo. I can end up joining Discord communities. Sean, I don't know if you've used Discord forever, but within this NFT craze, I am sitting in every single Discord. People are socializing beyond belief. I think it's COVID. I really do. I know the U.S. is opening or like has opened up a lot, but in Canada, like we are finally going back to like our stage one of reopening. So for me, it's cool to interact with everybody every single day. And it's giving people 
somewhere new to go. Because, you know, there was the Call of Duty Warzone phase at the start of the pandemic where everybody was playing that game. But I don't think we've seen anything where a lot of people are wanting to spend most of their time. So it's in these social chat rooms, which is awesome. But now people are like, you know, hey, like I want to be part of a certain conglomerate of people that connect over the same art. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's a lot of volumes that could be said to what covid did to our country there's a lot of bad but there also were some really really good things and in one of the good things one of the best things that came from it was the unity amongst societies and and part of that i think and like you just said and beautifully articulated here was the fact that we saw nfts be able to take that next proverbial step i think a lot to do and a lot in part because of the pandemic um, and I, I think that it's really fascinating that, you know, people flock to this, but it makes sense, right? This is, you didn't have to go to an art gallery. You didn't have to do anything. And, and we can speak to this point as well and talk about, listen, I'm going to be 100% honest. I'm going to be more critical than a lot of people in the NFT space like, right? I am, I'm going to give you guys probably some opinions that'll be controversial a lot here on the show and, in, in ask more hard-hitting questions than I think most people are used to in the space. We're going to bring on lots of, like I said, the project heads, and we're not just going to sell their product. I want to get to the nitty-gritty. I want to get to the bottom of it. But all of that being said, I want to talk about the good in NFTs just here for a second, because I think that there is there are a lot of things that have come from the entire space that have been extremely impressive and one of those is the freedom that it's given the artists themselves do you want to speak to that yeah no for sure i had a marav haber who is a uh, puppet fabricator who's worked with like marvel and some like really really big names on the show and she was talking about that fact specifically saying hey like artists you know not many people go out and buy paintings and whatnot like i mean obviously they do but here it's you have like this digital room that you're able to create and do something special with it. And people are wanting to show that off. So now they're searching online being like, yo, who's got the art that kind of like vibes with me? Which one am I connecting with? And I don't think that I would have ever said, you know, like five years ago. Hey, Steve, do you think or, uh, you know, would you ever uh, care about like buying art? And I'm like, no, like my mom used to collect the bonsais and stuff in person. Now we're seeing NFTs and people are going crazy with it. And I'm like, holy sheesh, dude. Um, did you did you buy your mom a bonsai yet? No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I I still have one left. So if she ever decides uh, to get a MetaMask account, yeah. uh, we can definitely set that up for sure, for sure. Um, but no, We're like have to get your mama bonsai for sure. That's that's on the to do list for Shot to the Moon here now, one hundred percent without a doubt. Yeah, but like no, for like the artist, like I can't really talk to like an artist perspective personally just because like I'm not one, but it's cool where people are saying uh, Skull Kids, for example, is someone that I've also interviewed and they do like hand drawn drawings of uh, like the Skull Kid with different attributes. So one's like kind of a gamer, one's a fisherman, whatever. And he quit his real estate job to go into this because he's like, I care about art. I want to do this. Now I can finally like actually make money doing it. And that's my real passion. And I think not only is NFTs financial freedom for some, it's expression for others. It's it's life changing for everyone in the scene right now. And it, it's really just good vibes. I, I know that like 
sometimes you go on Twitter and you'll see some people like arguing, fighting or whatever. And if you ever get into beef with people, I just I don't know how many people you've ever blocked on Twitter. Just block them. Call it a day. Don't worry about the drama because it's all about having a good vibe. I'll tell you this, man. I come over from the Daily Fantasy Sports space. There is a laundry list of people that I have blocked over the years. Uh, so I, I think that it's it's one of those things, too, where you're going to get toxic people in any community. And we've seen it. And I think this is a great segue, Vaughn, because there have been some controversial things that have happened in the NFT space. We talked about it. We're going to get to the nitty gritty. We're going to get in the trenches and, and talk about some of the things that are controversial and, and highlight them here on the show. Again, this is more of an introductory level show. We're going to dig, dig deeper into specific NFTs every single week hereafter. But I at least want to cover this in, in more of a broad brush stroke here, Steve. What is what's the some of the things that you've seen over the last few months that have jumped off the page in regards to a little bit of drama in this space? Oh, I mean, for starters, it's a lot of people that like like a certain project or don't like a project. And then it turns into, well, no, 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 dude, like art subjective. It doesn't matter. And so when people make the argument that like, no, it's about, you know, like we're not it's not about the art, the derivative, whatever, like it, we are absolutely in the art phase and people are getting really, really offended if you buy something and then like kind of talk shit on it. Like it's crazy to watch. And I think part of it's because a lot of people look at everything they buy and they don't think, hey, you know what? I bought this because I like it. Some people obviously do, but some people, you know, when you have the option to mint some of these, you know, generative projects and get, you know, a handful of them, they're like, wow, okay, like I probably overdid it. So they get extra salty whenever somebody talks trash on it because they think, hey, that person's going to potentially knock down the price of it. We've seen some bigger uh, Twitter personalities within the nft scene have to tweet out saying oh well like you know this isn't you know financial advice every time i tweet a project moves i don't know why you guys follow me for this it's all like shit posting yada 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 and so a lot of it's like these personalities now if we're talking about projects in specifically i'm gonna bring up super yeti for a second and i'm not knocking super yeti uh for what it is and essentially for anyone that doesn't know is it was a uh yeti nft that you were able to mint. And Sean, I'm going to just throw it here in the chat if you wanted to take a quick little look at it. And right away, I'm like, okay, it looks okay. It looks okay. It doesn't really stand out to me. We've seen some like really, really cool projects. But the idea with this is that they're going to come out with a game. But the game hadn't started yet. This is just kind of like their way. And a lot of NFTs use this as a Kickstarter. I'm assuming you're familiar with Kickstarter, but for anyone that isn't, basically it's a place where people go and they say, hey, here's a video of kind of like my idea of a concept. So whether it's a short film, wanting to create a bunch of art pieces, I'm wanting to go to school for whatever. Kickstarter is used for a number of different things. And NFTs are what different companies are now using as kind of a fundraising uh, leverage piece. And we're seeing, you know, half these 10,000 generative projects sell out and you can end up making like $2 million in like a blink of an eye if the right eyes get a view on it. And so for this one, they didn't really promise a whole lot, but the idea was that this game was going to come out. And then once the reveal happened and people were able to see their Yetis, they were like, well, what the art on this doesn't look right. Was this made in paint? The shadow doesn't make on any sense on this, but it's like, you guys bought this with the new, like knowing the game's going to be coming out 
down the line. It specifically said this isn't going to happen right now. So if you're not buying it for the chance that you pull one of these like super cool apes where a lot of people are wanting to flip stuff, there was a huge uproar and people are still like kind of talking shit on the project. And it's like we knew that this wasn't going to happen right now, but still people are talking so illy of it that I, I, it doesn't really make sense to me because yeah. they haven't had time to develop anything. Yeah, and, so, and I think that expectations maybe could have been the issue there. Is is you had these these high expectations? Did they outline a specific time of when they thought that the game was going to be able to be played? And I'll just give you kind of my rough thoughts on this because now I'm looking at Super Yeti. I have the link in front of me. Uh, Vaughn just sent it to me, and I think that if you're looking at Yeti, and we we'll talk about a lot of different projects aesthetically that I think are are better. Um, and, and just better artwork overall. To me, this is like a, a poor man's version of a Smurf uh, with some <laughs> okay. on it, right? Like this is, uh, this is this is definitely a not something that I'd be spending my money on. I'll, I'll just say that. And again, a lot of the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. A lot of the beauty of any NFT is in what you value the NFT. Frankly, Vaughn, I don't want to invest in a poor man's version of a Smurf, right? That's not that's not where I want to spend my two hundred and fifty dollar well, budget. The game could uh, be okay, and, and and their thing is like they want to do play to earn. So I just sent you a link of another one of Guild of Guardians, and that's that's a term that we're going to start hearing a lot. Shy right now, there's not too too many games. I think Axie Infinity is one of the bigger ones, but the the concept is if you ever played a video game, and I'll use RuneScape as an example. You know, you spend weeks, months, a ton of your time mining, playing the game, getting, you know, gold, doing whatever. And you can apply this to any game. And then when you're done with it, you're like, okay, I didn't actually get anything out of it other than, you know, wasting time or enjoying it, right? Like, I, I don't regret any of the times that I played video games. But these games are now coming out with the opportunity for you to make money while playing it. And so yeah. for Super Yeti, the idea with it is that they are going to – uh, do like Super Yeti's own land, breed and compete with one another to protect the Yeti-verse, and the game's set to release in early 2022. So it's like, okay, you're going for kind of like the play to earn, it's down the line, it seems kind of like a more of like an indie-type development. Now, the second one that I sent you is Guild of Guardians, and this one... And that's... Yeah, this one, this one this looks one not to interrupt. This one is kind of spicy. This so, one looks really, really good, and I'll just say, then I'll, I want you to to take the floor back here... This is why I would never touch a damn poor man's version of a Yeti or Smurf, whatever I called it, uh, with a 10-foot pole. The reason is, like, there's no way that they can catch up to Guild of Guardians. There's no way that they can catch up to this space. This is, like, already a developed game. This is something that, you know, obviously I think has a tremendous ceiling just based on what I saw here. Um, and it says right there on the homepage of Guild of Guardians, it talks about the fact that players spend $100 billion every year on in-game items and RPGs. That's absurd. And there really is that big of a gaming community. There's no no secret there. So I think like as, as far as like seeing potential, I see the potential here. I don't see the potential on a game that could be a game, that will be a game, eventually be a game. Who knows when it will. So, like, I can understand the frustration of the people in regards to the Yeti project. So let me throw you a curveball here. If I were to say this game isn't fully developed yet, does that okay. change your perspective at all? I think that this—okay, let me ask you a question then. 
When is this game going to be developed? Do we have timelines? So they're they're very far along in their progression for it. Um, but they I, I don't know. I, I need to look at like their white paper and see when their exact date is. I want to say um, in uh, 2022 at some point. But for this one, it, it, it is a mobile game as well. Yeah, I think I mean, again, that gives you the ability to play with your NFT at the tip of your fingers aesthetically. And I think aesthetics are so important in NFTs because, again, you got to believe in what you're you're buying into. This just has a totally different feel for me, for somebody that's in sports. I'm not into no offense whatsoever. I think that it's awesome for people that are into games. I'm personally not. It's not something that that I'm I'm a huge fan of. But I'm looking at this and honestly, Vaughn, it looks cool as shit. It looks really cool. And I, I'm really high on this project. And one of the reasons uh, why this one is getting a lot of notoriety is because they already have other games out in the ecosystem, uh, like a game called Gods Unchained. And that's similar to like Magic the Gathering or another uh, trading card game that you've had out there. But like the vision for Guild of Guardians is they want to have millions of players. They want to be the best AAA mobile blockchain role-playing game that there is. And they've already said with some of the uh, character and guild releases that like you have the opportunity to make money on stuff. So not only are you going to be able to sell these NFTs if you decided to get in early on the drops, but if you happen to own a guild and you work with your guild and you're going to be able to trade, you know, these crafting items, which if you ever played any type of RPG game, you've probably crafted something. When your guild sells something, you get 1% of the sales of that for yourself for owning that guild. So before, Super if you cool. used to put all this effort for running like a World of Warcraft raids and all this kind of stuff where you just got these in-game items, well, God damn it, now you're going to actually get stuff that you're able to use in real life for money and not have to go, you know, through secondary sales and breaking terms of service and all of this kind of stuff. So it really matters that the game's fun, but a lot of people are betting highly on Guild of Guardians because Gods Unchained, which is another NFC game, is so wildly successful. A lot of of talk about games, and we're going to get into it. There's going to be shows where we deal with a lot of people that are really, really sharp. And so again, some project heads, guys, Just this, this is definitely going to be a conversation for a later date and just scratching the surface. But I want to transition this, this intro conversation away from games and into sports. Sports, there's some sports fans that I'm sure are listening to the show that probably are like me that aren't into the gaming aspect. Where do you see sports in the NFT space going? And I, this is such a deep conversation. It's such a that there are so many layers to this question uh, and a lot to unpack here. But I want us to be able to to just talk about it more on the surface level. Again, we'll dive a lot deeper into this on future shows. But where do you see sports and NFTs? Obviously, NBA Top Shot was the first to to really corner the market, and they've done a fantastic job of doing so, but they're certainly not going to be the last. You're not wrong on that. So there's been a couple different things. We we know also UFC is going to be coming with Dapper Labs uh, along with, you know, just continuation for NBA Top Shot. But there's uh, a site called Candy. So if you go to candy.com, if anybody's wanting to look up, uh, it says a digital collectible experience changing the world of collectibles. And it's got all of these Major League Baseball icons on it. Apparently, Gary uh, V is a part of it as well. And it's a little confusing because we also know that on Waxed, we have 
the MLB tops packs and cards on there. So I don't know if this is going to end up affecting that at all. And for anyone that doesn't know, there is multiple blockchains out there. So everything that we just talked about so far is on the Ethereum blockchain, but there is wax. So Lana is going to be coming out uh, with more stuff. There's Cardano there. There's a lot of different blockchains. And so I'm going to try to do my best to cover everything as we're going here. But I think the sport te- sports side of things is going to get really, really interesting. So for the MLB top side of things, looking back a little bit, they sold packs that I think were uh, like 100 bucks, And they were selling for like 900 at one point, if I remember correctly, between like 600 and 900. And it was crazy, crazy right off the bat because some people were having issues with it. They were selling out super, super quick. Uh, we know that Panini is doing kind of like their own blockchain thing where they sold, I think it was like 10,000 packs or something. And everybody said, oh, it was like bots that got them. And people weren't a huge fan of that. We've seen individual athletes do stuff. Uh, Damian Lillard tried to do an NFC series before where they did kind of like this all-star access and they wanted to do kind of this watch where you could buy like digitally and physically. I was trying to understand the site. God, if you're trying to make an NFT, please talk to somebody that like kind of knows what they're doing because certain people are coming out with stuff and it's it's really, really hard to understand. And LaMelo, LaMelo is a perfect example of how to do something perfectly. That guy nailed the drop. He's getting involved with other NFT projects. He's knowing where that crowd is. And it's going to be revolutionary because I think sports connects with a lot of people. Sure, Art, you can say, hey, I like a photo, but damn, John, you spend so much time watching sports. I know so many other people do. And if you can take that passion, you can do so much better buying certain like NFTs than you can do like betting on sports. Well, maybe maybe not you. Maybe you're probably making way more doing, you know, sports betting because you're killing it. But not everybody has that kind of talent. And so we're going to be moving really fast fast here where you know we've seen zion do his own nft we've seen gronk do his own nft like we're still waiting to see where the nfl is going to go the nflpa is on a ton of different uh pages and blockchains right now having their logo on it and we just don't know what's going to come of it so i think it's going to be completely revolutionary and people used to make the argument and sean i I think you were uh one that would kind of talk interestingly on this topic but do you remember when people used to say you know what? When UFC or another sports come out, Top Shot's going to die because yeah. it's going to take too yeah. much of the market share. Do you remember when that used to happen? I don't. Yeah, think that, I don't think that's going to be a case. I don't. Yeah, there's just there's too much out there. There's too much rooting interest. Do I think that it will impact it? I do, but I don't know if it's going to impact it drastically. I actually don't think that it's going to impact it drastically. We talk about NFTs a lot. Sports, I feel so at home. I feel so comfortable. And when we talk about sports and NFTs in the world, that's where I know that I can add a layer to the conversation. And where I think it goes, I think that you're going to see kiosks in stadiums. I think that you're going to be able to, instead of getting the first 5,000 people that go to a game, get a T-shirt or a hat, I think that you're going to literally get a a blockchain piece that you're going to be able to download and upload into your collection, whether it be on MetaMask or whatever the case may be, whoever's affiliated, whether it's Panini and they do something with their blockchain or whether it's NBA Top Shot doing something with the NBA directly. I think you're going to see NFTs integrated into the fan experience of what we do every single day. And the thing about NBA Top Shot, which everybody that's ever followed me on Twitter, everybody that's ever heard me say anything about Top Shot knows how bullish I am on it. 
a large reason and a huge reason why I am so bullish on the product is less about the product. Not to say that it's bad. I, I believe in NBA Top Shot. I think that the product is good. But I think that the thing that's the most impressive for me is the community. And and the fact that they were first to the scene in their space, knowing that NBA Top Shot was able to get all these serious investors that they did, was able to corner the market early on and, and build essentially this space. The reason the gateway drug that I'm even in NFTs and having this show is because of Top Shot. So the ability that they had to get in early and open their doors first to NFTs specifically, I think is going to continue to give them a leg up on the field forever and until the end of time are there going to be other exciting projects that pop up like candy absolutely and i'm i'm interested now you shared it here i'm sure there's a lot of listeners now that already search for it on twitter they're verified on twitter and only are following eight people and have 3600 people that follow them <laughs> their discord that, is like dead and that, it's not active at all <laughs> it's crazy and you you teased it you scratched the surface of gary v I'll be on record and say I know that it's his childhood dream and he loved to doodle. I've heard this story. I've listened to lots of Gary V podcasts, guys. We, Like I said, I wanted to make sure that I was fully prepared once we launched Shot to the Moon. So I'm, I'm versed enough in the space to be able to hold my own in my, my own conversation. I'm no expert. Well, you, you bring up something cool, and not to cut you off at all, but like V friends, because Gary V has like his own NFT and some of those are going for crazy money. And I listened to an interview that he had with uh, Maddie from or of DCL Blogger, who uh, does the MediKey project. And yep. he said on there that like he's going to be working every single day. So people, you know, are able to make like an absolute ton off my NFTs and have like life changing experiences and all that kind of stuff. And we're seeing it like some of these ones are selling for like $30,000 plus and the, and V friends as a whole is topping the charts. And for anyone that wants to see like the hottest NFT projects, if you go to crypto that's where you can kind of see the absolute hottest project. But sorry, I just want to throw that in there. No, I love it, but I'm I'm only giving you this opportunity to say good things about Gary Vee to shit all over his project, and I'm about to. I'm going to take a big fat dump on it, and I'm sure it'll ruffle some feathers here, but the reality is his doodles are doodles. They look <laughs> awful. They look awful. Like they, they legitimately look like a 10-year-old. My four-year-old daughter could draw better NFTs than Gary did. But what I'm saying is this, and this is the most important takeaway to what you just said and what I just said. It looks like shit. His his NFT does not look impressive. And I'm sure if Gary's listening, shout out to Gary. And hopefully you understand that I'm saying this with the kindest intentions of just following it up by saying the reason that he's successful, Vaughn, it's not because of how amazing of an artist he was, that he had aspirations to be this amazing artist. He knows that he's not. And if he isn't willing to admit that, he's lying to himself. The reason that the NFT is successful is for two reasons. One, the community. And we haven't talked about community much here on this show. We're going to talk about it a lot over the next few months here and over the next few years as we go in from episode one into episode 100 to episode 200. We'll talk about community because I think that community has such a pivotal role in an NFT success, meaning if you're a college kid that designed your NFT from your dorm room and you don't have a bunch of followers, you might have 18 followers on Twitter, you're not going to make it. And I'll just call a spade a spade. The only way that you do is if somebody out there believes in you enough and likes what you've built enough to create a platform for other people to buy it. Because again, the value isn't the actual value of what you're selling. It's the value of what other people perceive it to be, right? In Gary V's case, 
he has a ridiculously big network. He has a ridiculously big fan base. And people love Gary V. So why did people buy this up? One, because of the community. And two, because of the utility. He's incorporating this and building his his product, his NFT, into things that you can get entrance into. So like whether that's – and just to break it down a little bit for you guys – if you were to get his NFT specifically, some of his sketches, his doodles, you can exchange in return for sitting courtside with him at a New York Knicks game in Madison Square Garden. Some of his NFTs give you a ticket into a conference that he's making. That's really fucking cool. That's awesome that you can do that with an NFT. So it's less about the damn doodle and it's more about what it actually serves. What purpose does this digital asset, this digital collectible, what does it serve? And I think that one of the biggest, if not the two biggest, most important things in my estimation for an NFT, it's the reason that Gary Vee is successful. It's community, and it's also the utility factor of of what you're what you're producing. And so you bring up a really good point there about like being able to sit and hang out with Gary V and yeah. for LaMelo Ball's NFT, just to talk on this for a quick second is in his final one that if you're wanting to pick up, it is going on until June 25th. So you do have like just a few days here if you're wanting to, but the most expensive one is 2.86 ETH and going through the benefits super quickly here. Uh, the There's a guaranteed NFT evolve if he's rookie of the year, which that ended up happening. Uh, you get an official physical LaMelo Ball gold collectible card. You guarantee $750 in endorsement deal rewards, which I mean, like, obviously you're paying way more than that, but that's still a pretty good uh, return right off the bat. Uh, guaranteed official LaFrance merchandise, which is just his. A chance to win NBA game tickets valued up to $5,000. You have the 50% chance to receive autographed memorabilia, which obviously that alone you'd probably want to keep, but sells really well. And then relating to Gary V, the last part and why this is so expensive is because they're going to offer exclusive access to scheduled group chats with LaMelo Ball himself. Sean, you could talk to LaMelo Ball. Why? Why? How? Like, I, I feel like there's never been anything like this in history where, okay, if you can just go and buy somebody's NFT, you can talk with the person, right? Like, even if I was a millionaire before and I say to somebody, hey, I want to give you like $50,000 for us to hang out. I don't think anybody would do it. But now that like athletes and celebrities are like, hey, well, you know what? We can sell this stuff. People are going to eat that shit up. Holy yeah, and I think that it, that just adds to the whole Gary V conversation and seeing other professional athletes like LaMelo and tip your hat. Tip your hat to LaMelo for being so actively involved in the NFT space and getting it and understanding and immersing himself in the community because that's what it takes. Again, it goes back to the centralized theme of community. You are trying to build not just yourself, but what you're selling is the community. It's how many people are going to buy your NFT. Uh, and if, if people are going to do it, well, a, a large reason why people are doing it for this this specific NFT, it's pretty damn cool to be able to go have a conversation, to be able to get some of the things that you get uh, when you when you go purchase some of these NFTs. So I, I got to ask you, we're going to do this because I, I feel like it's important. I don't want just because we're partnered and just because we do anything with anyone for us not to be fully transparent and shoot it straight. Do you believe in this NFT? Do you believe that this LaMelo NFT, again, not financial advice, but do you believe that this NFT is here to stay or do you think it's going to be just a little quick pop-up NFT like we've seen so many others over the last few months?
Oh, God damn it, Sean. That's a spicy question. Okay, so originally I was kind of on the fence about getting it, and they had ones that were like 0.01 ETH, which was super, super reasonable. One that's at like 0.1, ones that are like 1 ETH, and then obviously the last one I talked about at 2.86. And when you look down the list, they have broken down between Red Mars, which is the first one, Blue Neptune, Silver Moon, and then this Gold Evolve, which Gold is, you know, the more expensive one. And in the second most expensive, of one the only thing that's really different is that you have a guaranteed 150 dollars endorsement deal rewards which i don't exactly know what that means but maybe if he you know does a deal with his shoe brand you get like 150 dollars of i don't know what um but you get a chance to win Lamelo's high school championship ring i don't know if i won a high school championship in basketball i feel like i wouldn't give it away but i guess no for like <laughs> zero for like shot yeah, like so that that I don't that that makes me think right away that it's a replica, but I feel like they would have to say that unless he just like legitimately doesn't care about it. So that part I thought was kind of a little strange. The other thing is uh, when you're kind of growing through it on the cheapest one, you get raffle entry for autograph memorabilia. Uh, the second most expensive or second tier up from that raffle entries for autograph memorabilia. The next one, five X the raffle entries for autograph memorabilia. And then the last one, 50 percent chance received autographed stuff and for each of these tiers there's something like a thousand of it so i mean in theory the odds are pretty decent but depending on how many times they do raffled for autographed stuff let's say they do like 10 a year the chances of you getting that out of like you know five thousand six thousand i don't know the exact number of it seem really really low the cool part yeah, for it is does. we don't know where the endorsement deals are going to come from they could be massive down the line if if lamello says hey you know what i want to give more back to the people that have my nft holy shit you could be in for an absolute storm of a day and it seems like stuff kind of like evolves over time because for this most expensive one they say guaranteed nft evolve if uh the rookie of the year is awarded to lamello so does that mean that it evolves and it becomes like a platinum instead of gold does that mean that you get an additional gold one where you're gonna have you know now, 100% chance to receive autograph memorabilia, you get more chances to win like an NBA game. So there's certain stuff that I'm not 100% certain, but really it's up to the individual themselves if they're wanting to provide more utility. For me, for the cheap one, I'm down with it. For the most expensive one, I, I don't know if I want to do uh, like, you know, pay almost three ETH for calls on the regular, but it's cool. Like it, it's really if you're a super fan or not. Yeah, and if you're heavily invested in LaMelo, and we can make this a sports conversation just for a few minutes, I believe LaMelo Ball will be a Hall of Famer. And I'll Absolutely. say it on Absolutely. Hell yeah, dude. I was telling people the whole friggin' year, I've been preaching to people like, yo, listen, I think LaMelo Ball is going to be amazing. And we've seen yeah. an NBA top shot, damn it. Yeah. So I tweeted so many times about, hey, yo, guys, when <laughs> LaMelo Ball is at like 30 bucks, and now he's yeah. at 90, now he's at, okay, 200, now 500, ring the damn bells, we're at 1,000. Holy shit, we're over 2,000. And obviously, like, top shot as a whole, not LaMelo specifically came down, but LaMelo is still ahead of like every other rookie uh, in his year. And it's like, guys, there's a sign. And I think that, correct me if I'm wrong here, if LaMelo's NBA career, for whatever reason, stopped, he would be hired instantly on some reality TV show, the big baller brand, all that stuff. Like, Absolutely. no friggin' worries. Absolutely. So there's, Absolutely. No, there's no way you can lose with LaMelo. No way. 
I agree, and I guess that's why I'm I'm bullish on him. Not just and not to cross over back to NBA Top Shot, but I had the conversation with some friends in the Top Shot community recently, and talked about the fact that when you start looking at Series Two on NBA Top Shot and thinking about the other rookies from this year's class, you're dealing with Anthony Edwards, who legitimately could be a gigantic bust. I mean, I personally think that he'll be an all-star at some point in his career, but there is a big risk. There's a big if there. Tyrese Halliburton, best-case scenario, makes one or two all-star teams. There's no way Halliburton's going to be a Hall of Famer. And then if you're looking at Wiseman, like, this is not, that. that's not it. He could be good. Is he going to be a Hall of Famer? No chance. So if you're looking at this year's rookie class, and I study basketball for a living. I have for a long time, and I I could be completely wrong in what I'm about to tell you, but I'm still going to tell you it. LaMelo Ball's the only Hall of Famer from this last year and from this rookie class. So if you're investing into NBA Top Shot moments and you're looking at other NFTs from other professional athletes— This is not a bum. This is a guy who I think is going to be around for a long time. And I think it's really cool that you have the opportunity to get different things and aspects and walks of his life. And I'll go one step further and say this too, Vaughn. The fact that he did say on his his new NFT that you have a chance to win LaMelo's high school championship ring, I want to clarify something. You were saying that like there's no way that you would give it away if you want it. I agree. I think there's no way. But this is going to be his championship ring. If not, he's dealing with all sorts of litigation <laughs> in regards to false marketing because you cannot say in writing LaMelo's high school championship ring if it is a replica. We're dealing with his ring. This is this is something he's willing to give back to the community for all I understand in this NFT. And and the fact that you can win that along with autograph memorabilia, it's cool. It's cool. And I'll just say that uh, I think it's cool. Is it enough for me to get heavily invested into his NFT as opposed to what I did for NBA Top Shot? I think I put thirty or forty thousand dollars into NBA Top Shot back in early January. No, it's not. But is it a project that I'm keeping a really close eye on? Absolutely. And and I'll say one more thing in regards to his value and his autographs. It says, like, he's going to give away autograph memorabilia. I'm big into collecting cards, right? I collect all sorts of sports memorabilia. It's who I am. I've collected it my whole life. When I was young, I didn't want anything else. I didn't want bikes. I didn't want balloons for my birthday. I didn't want, what what do people want for their birthday when they're young? Legos. I didn't want that. What I wanted is signed Tiger Woods autographed. I wanted signed Hakeem Olajuwon, signed Clyde Drexler, signed Jeff Bagwell and Craig Biggio. What I, what I cared about when I was young was sports and sports memorabilia. It's who I am and, and part of my DNA. So like for me, I personally believe that this this potentially could be a gigantic step in the right direction here for for all things NFTs in the sports world. Um, I, I think that LaMelo's value for what he does and what he signs, if you're looking at your traditional cards and what he what he puts out, a signed LaMelo card. Take a guess, Vaughn. What do you think? Say circulation count 50. So like out of 50, signed circulation LaMelo Ball rookie card goes for. Oh, out of 50, oh, we're talking like multiple thousands, I think. Like it's, 
Absolutely. It's very high. And yes. I also like not to derail, but I think everyone's going to follow LaMelo here. Like LaMelo is literally setting the precedent, I yeah. think, for every athlete going into the NFT scene right now, because he's the only one I've seen that's done it quite successfully. And also I've recognized him like literally being in the NFT space. Yeah. Yeah. And I think his presence is going to go a long way. So not to again, if we don't believe in stuff, I want to talk about it here on record. I do not think that LaMelo's NFT is anywhere near where a lot of the other ones that we're going to highlight is. I think that he still has a lot of ground to cover, but there's something to be said about who he is and what he's doing and the fact that he's breaking into this so early and also pretty equally impressive doing it and using his rookie of the year as an incentive-based perk for his NFT. Really cool because the gold evolved benefit for one of his NFTs here, it literally says if he wins rookie of the year, then you you get a certain perk. And I, I think that it's very smart. Whoever was the one that was behind this, whether it's him, whether it's his team, good way to capitalize and, and be a part of the NFT scene very early on in, in his career. Vaughn, we are what well, we've covered a lot and there's there's still so much more to cover. That's why we're doing this show every single Wednesday we're going to be highlighting specific projects. We're going to be bringing on all sorts of really cool guests and bringing them on this rocket ship with us to the moon. But now is going to be my favorite time of every single show. Let's pick something to buy. I want I want to know what to do with my $250. And again, full disclosure here, guys, this is not financial advice. I'm going to spend my money however I want to spend my money, but I'm going to take advice from somebody that I trust, which is Vaughn. So right now, something that's been really, really hot is these Wicked Craniums. I'll link you uh, one of them right now. Uh, but basically, they had a uh, at a it was slightly over ten thousand uh, mint size for them and or edition size, and they sold out quite quickly. I wasn't expecting them to. Uh, and then once I realized that I kind of hopped on, I found like the rarest traits, which was this psychedelic skin. And I bought it for just under half an ETH. And then like a day later, the floor for it went like over uh, two ETH or just under it. And I was like, okay, wow. So people are really, really interested in these. I think a lot of people are connecting with them similar to other stuff we've seen. I don't know if it's going to be similar to board apes, but I've also seen a lot of people say, yo, we don't want to follow anybody else with this project. Let's create our own thing. So this is this, the one that I sent you the floor for them. is closer to $400. So it's a bit more than the 250. So it might have to do a little bit of looking, but if the floor on these ones drop at all, I think overall it would probably be a pretty spicy uh, one to get into. Very interesting. And essentially it's, it's board apes, but skulls. It's, and, uh, <laughs> all this stuff is just generative artwork because they come up with a, a frame and then they decide, hey, we're going to change the skin color. Hey, we're going to do this. There, there's the gutter cat gang as right. well, which is another one. But that one was out of three thousand. So the price uh, for those have gone up uh, a fair little bit. So it's definitely way more uh, than the wicked craniums. But it's a thing where if you were able to get the mint when it first happened, then you'd end up spending the $250. So ultimately, Sean, it's about always keeping an eye online about what's coming up because you never know when a drop's going to come. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a perfect segue to ask you what's coming up this week. Is there anything that you have your eyeballs on and, and you're keeping a close eye on in regards to upcoming drops for any NFTs? 
So on July 1st, there's going to be the million dollar drop for Zedrun. Unfortunately, if you don't have a Zedrun account, you're not able to get into this one. But because the last drop had some issues, they're actually giving away a million dollars worth of horses for uh, some of the people that participated. So if you have, for example, if you had like no racehorses in your stable, there's going to be 5,500 uh, they're going to be out there that you're able to uh, potentially score on. So that one for anyone that does have a Zed Sable, uh, keep an eye for that one. Uh, we've also heard that Bulls on the blockchain is apparently going to be coming out this weekend. Uh, so if you're wanting to check them out on Twitter, it's at uh, Bulls on the block. I don't know why I said blockchain at the end of it. It just kind of flowed. These ones are very, very similar uh, to the board API club. And I, I mean, I don't even like using the term it's copycats. Everything is a copycat at this point, you know, more or less, but the art style is really cool. I think people are going to connect with it. It's going to be at a reasonable price. And I also can almost guarantee that it's going to sell out as well. Fantastic. When people want to buy these, where do they buy them? We, we didn't get a chance and we probably should have to talk about OpenSea, to talk about MetaMask. There's going to be a lot of people that are listening to this that are in that same entry position that I am. You're on Top Shot. It's really easy. And I think that that's one of the reasons why Top Shot was as, as successful as it was early on. People could could buy it with one click of a button. You could go on NBA Top Shot and not have to set up a separate account to go buy some of this. And I think maybe that's a whole nother layer. Like I, I keep going down rabbit holes, right, Vaughn? We keep having other conversations because my wheels are spinning 100 miles an hour. And I'm sure the listeners are as well. How do we get involved? How do we get, a, be, get to be a part of this? And does, let's just start there. They want to go set up an account on OpenSea or MetaMask. What is your recommendation for just getting them started? For sure, for sure. So what I'm going to say is, first of all, uh, you can listen to this, but I would also highly recommend you just finding the YouTube video and looking up how to create a MetaMask account. And essentially, what a MetaMask is, is it's your digital wallet. So similar to how you have a bank account uh, and, you know, your real life, quote unquote, uh, here you are going to have a wallet that's going to be able to hold uh, USDC, that's going to be able to hold uh, Ethereum and some other uh, cryptocurrencies in it. So when you create a MetaMask account, it will give you a seed phrase. Please, for everything that's holy, write down that seed phrase because that's going to be your most important thing. You're not going to have somebody that you can call to be like, hey, I forgot this. I you know, need to reset my password, all that kind of stuff. That doesn't exist. It's all in the seed phrase. So make sure that the seed phrase is written down. You'll create a password. And now that you have that seed phrase, you can go on any computer, any device and download MetaMask. And you'll be able to log in to that wallet with that seed phrase. Now, so you have a wallet and you're like, okay, well, how do I get money into it? There's a number of different exchanges in the U.S. There's multiple different ones, but some are Coinbase. Uh, Binance is another one, but I've heard some people have issues with Binance.us. Uh, so that might not be the greatest thing. But if you happen to be listening from Canada, personally, use I use bitbuy.ca because a lot of banks actually block any type of crypto transactions. And so I just use like Interact e-transfers where, you know, I take from my bank, I do an Interact e-transfer on BitBuy. Buy Ethereum, you can end up buying Bitcoin if you want. Uh, they have some other cryptos on there. And then once it's in that wallet, you'll go into like your holdings and then withdraw it 
to your Ethereum uh, wallet, which is just your MetaMask. So when you're in MetaMask, uh, you'll click down your web browser and it'll say account one and it'll have a couple of different numbers on it. And it'll probably start with like zero X, yada, yada, yada. You're going to click on that, copy it, and then put it uh, into the, you know, the, the recipient or whatever. So uh, from the exchange, you send your wallet. It might take a few minutes to transfer, depending on the network traffic. Then once it's in there, you're pretty much good to go. And half of these, like your OpenSea accounts creating that, it's just if you log into OpenSea, you'll have to log in your MetaMask and it'll just show up. It's not having to do anything with creating an account. So that might sound easy. It might be confusing. But if you just look up how to uh, download MetaMask, watch a video on that, and then figure out what exchange would be best for you. I know I told you that I was going to end this and I promise that I'm going to, but I got to ask you a question in the spirit of being fully transparent with everybody here. I'd love to go spend the 400, which, you know, we, we could, but I want to make this fun. I want to make this a, a real challenge for you, Vaughn, every week to find something in that $250 range. Is there anything that you know offhand that's 250? If not, my proposal is this. We'll track every single thing that I buy, and all, I'm sure you can make all of this public, similar to, to everything. It's the beauty of the blockchain, right? So people will will be able to see what I'm collecting in real time and see exactly you know, what I purchased. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I might have something for you. I Ooh, might have I like something it. for you. Okay, so I'm so 50-50 on this. It's this thing called uh, My and Pickle, and it's literally a pickle. <laughs> they haven't revealed it yet, but the reveal for that is coming on June 26th uh, at 11 p.m. UTC. There's a lot of clamoring from different personalities out there saying, oh, this is going to end up shocking everybody. They originally had this selling for like 0 0.01, uh, which isn't it's it's really not that expensive in comparison, but it's pretty much 10 X from that initial thing because everybody's really, really curious about this. It became a meme. And so every project was starting to talk about pickles and that kind of stuff. So this is something that it's either going to be the meme of NFTs. A lot of people are quoting this as the doge of the NFT world, or it's going to be, uh, something that's like, you know, bad, good, incredible. I don't know. I keep asking people, I'm like, what the hell can they do with the pickle that people are going to love the art for? I have no idea, but there's like a pickle Dow, which is something we can talk about another day. It's just, you want to spend 200 bucks. I, it's a complete crapshoot. Could be good. Could be awful. I love it. Like this, this puts such a smile on my face, Vaughn, because the first debut show that we have for shot to the moon I'm spending $250 literally on a fucking pickle. And I I can't think of a better way to start this off. I think that this is perfect. We're going to see. Is this pickle going to the moon? We'll answer that on the next show. Uh, Vaughn, anything that you want to say here before we wrap it up? No, it's been really good. I appreciate uh, everyone tuning in and hopefully we're going to be able to provide different insight for you. If you guys got any questions again, uh, be sure to DM me if you want. Uh, my personal account is probably the best way uh, to do that. It's just at Steven underscore shill on Twitter. And uh, it, it's I don't know. It's a fun time, Sean. Like, I think ultimately through and through there is different. Uh, motives that people have, different opinions that everybody does. But remember, we're all in this together, and it's going to be a fun, bumpy ride. It's going to be a bumpy ride. It'll be a fun ride, and we're going to bring you guys along with 
us for that ride. This is it's going to be a fun one. We have a lot to dissect. We have a lot to uncover. We talked about very surface level things today. A lot of stuff to get you guys ready for exactly what we're going to be doing, which is hopefully getting everybody's accounts, whether that's on OpenSea, whether that's on NBA Top Shot, whether that's on Candy, whether that's about the fucking pickle. Hopefully, all of these NFTs will go to the moon and we'll talk about them. Some, they're not going to get there. They're going to fall a little bit short. We'll highlight those. We're going to be bringing on a lot of the people responsible for these NFT projects. We're going to be bringing on a lot of celebrities that are either skeptical about NFTs or bullish. And then we're also going to bring on NBA athletes and see, and not just NBA athletes. We have athletes for other sports as well. I don't want to give away too much and see how they're getting involved in the NFT space. All things NFT, all transparency, all the time. A look unlike any you've ever had before. As always, my name's Sean Pfeiffer. Good night, good skill, and God bless. Did you enjoy today's show? Leave us a review for a chance to win a free NFT next week. Join us every Wednesday and make sure you're following us on all of our social media accounts at Shot to the Moon. More huge names in the space, more celebrities, more athletes, more giveaways, and more surprises coming soon. Everything you've listened to in this podcast is an opinion and not financial advice. Please invest responsibly. enjoy today's show leave us a review for a chance to win a free nft next week live every wednesday make sure you're following us on all of our social media accounts at shot to the moon more huge names in the space more celebrities more athletes more giveaways and more surprises coming soon everything you've listened to on this podcast is an option not financial advice please invest responsibly